Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning into Sunday Service. This is not a religious podcast, everybody. I know the name Sunday Service is kind of weird, but uh, just to remind you guys why we called this Sunday Service is because it's providing service on Sunday. And also, I love Kanye West. So uh, Kanye West used to do Sunday Service. I don't know that he's doing it much anymore. Um, But Cody and I have been doing this podcast for over two years. And we get something around 100,000 downloads a month, which is pretty cool. It is the number one creative finance podcast, not only on YouTube, but anywhere. We're the biggest creative finance podcast known to man. And uh, super excited and happy to be here with you guys. Uh, we have some topics to talk about, but I wanted to show something. This was really interesting. I posted this on my Instagram today, and it got a lot of people messaging me. Check this out. Look at that first, just a second. This is everybody's biggest problem. Everybody's biggest problem is this exact little image right here. Just taking that first next step, right? Super scary. But then what they end up doing is they end up doing absolutely nothing in the meantime. And a year later, they find themselves either in the same condition or maybe even one step down. So I hope you guys know how this really works. It's really interesting. Joel says, remember to squat up. There are many people who match your personality and willing to work with you and bring value. A closed mouth never gets fed. So I was in North, uh, sorry, South Carolina yesterday, and we were at a meetup, a couple hundred people, and there was, you know, in, in these meetups, I always want to know and get to know everybody. So people are worried about what to say and how to introduce themselves. So when I'm on stage right before the meetup, I tell everybody, Hey, give me your name. When you come up to me, give me your name, whether you know me or not, or I don't, I know you or not. doesn't matter. Let's just be professional, introduce yourself and get in the habit of introducing yourself. And then on top of that, tell me what your number one biggest problem is. And it's always the same thing. The number one biggest problem is always the same thing. The number one problem that everybody has is they say, I'm stuck. I have analysis paralysis. I don't know what to do. And that really isn't their biggest problem. They think that's their biggest problem, right? They say, oh, I have analysis paralysis. I'm stuck. I'm this. It's like, okay, think this is really interesting. So one of the guys that said this to me as he introduced himself to me, I said, "Um, all right, so how many successful friends do you have in real estate? How many of your friends that you hang out with on a weekly basis are actually doing real estate deals? And he goes, uh, I go, if you even have to think about it, the answer is zero. And he goes, you're right. I don't have any friends. And I'm like, this is really funny because you're in a room with 200 people, probably 20 to 40 of them are doing a lot of deals. And the other 140 of them all want to do deals. And you're coming and talking to me like you should be talking to everybody else and figuring out what resources they have locally. And he goes, okay, well, I don't see how making friendships is going to help me. Um, And by the way, how am I going to benefit or give value to the other person I'm making friendship with? And I go, aha, there's your real problem. Your real problem is not that you're overthinking. Your real problem is not that you're stuck in analysis paralysis. Your real problem is not that you're stuck and you're lost and you're this, that, and the other. It's your lack of confidence of building relationships is actually what is causing your biggest problem. And you are fearful that you don't know what value you bring. And he goes, well, yeah, like if you don't mind, indulge me, break this down for me. I go, 
All right. Um, we are a herd animal. Human beings are a herd animal and we do essentially what the herd does. I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else. Somebody asked me, Pace, why did you start a title company? Why are you guys building a title company nationwide? I go, well, because one of my friends did it and showed me that that's what we should be doing. In fact, one of my friends started a title company four years ago and I go, oh, is, is that what we're supposed to be doing? And he goes, yeah, building more businesses. I go, oh, okay. It's not just about doing real estate. It's like using real estate to do other things. Okay, got it. It was like being around him and getting permission gave me permission and made me realize like, oh, wow, okay, I could do this too. Cool. And being around people you really know and you know that they're not ultra special. They didn't come, you know, you know, God didn't come and deliver them right to the, to the earth and say, here's the most important person. Like people overthink their heroes and they think that people just have something special they don't have. And it's not true. And I said, okay, now here's the other thing. I see tattoos on your arm. You've got tattoos on your arm. I bet you a hundred dollars that the reason you have tattoos on your arm is because your friends we're getting tattoos as well. The people you hang out with are getting tattoos. And he's like, yeah, wow. I go, so that wasn't a decision you made. It wasn't like you woke up one day and you go, I'm getting a tattoo. Nobody I know has a tattoo. I wasn't, you know, indoctrinated or influenced or anything from anybody else. I just want to get a tattoo. And there's nothing wrong with tattoos. It was just really apparent on his skin. He made a decision to go let somebody put a needle and ink into his skin permanently because of people around him that were also getting tattoos. So I told him a story. I said, so you were willing to go get a tattoo and put a needle against your arm because of the people you were around. Isn't it funny that you won't go get into real estate? You're overthinking it. And the fact that you're overthinking it is because you have zero friends that are also doing it. He's like, oh man, <laughs> when you break it down about my tattoo and you make it like so obvious, it's written on my forearm and he, he his forearm had a, a crucifix. So, you know, um, a cross. And I said, it's the same thing with church. Why do we go to church? Why do we get married? Why do we do all these things? Yes, they're great and amazing things. It's like all I want to do. But I was influenced by my parents. I was influenced by everybody around me. And so as you get older, you get to choose who you get influenced by. And that's a powerful thing. And I don't think you until you get older that you realize that it is a choice. You have to make that conscious effort to go and get influenced by other people. So whether it's a tattoo or whether you're doing other things in your life or the car you drive or the people you're dating or the people you're hanging out with or the activities you're doing or the things you're thinking about, 100% of it is coming from your environment. It's very little of it is created on your own. And I can tell you a lot of the things. Um, one of my friend's wives said this about me. She doesn't know I know she said this. And she said, um, all Pace wants to do is be like my husband. And I'm like, yeah, uh, your husband's faithful to his wife. He's got kids that he loves and adores, spends a lot of time with them. They do a lot of activities. He creates a lot of value in the marketplace by you know creating products that help people. And he goes and does a ton of real estate. And I, of course, I want to be like him. I, absolutely. In fact, I take the good parts of him. I take the good parts of my other friend. I take the good parts of Jamil. I take the good parts, the, the parts that I really like, I'm now consciously absorbing those things as much as I can. And so the goal of Sunday service always from the very beginning was never about 
just real estate. It was about doing something live. So two years ago, a little over two years ago, oh my gosh, it's been three years. That's crazy. So three years ago, the way we started Sunday services, we used to do a 1-800 call-in. I'm, I'm not joking or exaggerating. I was such a buffoon. I didn't even know what like StreamYard was. StreamYard is the software that we use for this podcast. I didn't know um, it really anything. I didn't know what I didn't even know, right? And so we just, Cody and I were getting so busy in our business about three years ago that we said, you know what we should do is just, you know, we're trying to create content and we're having these partnership meetings. Why don't we just put them together and let people call in and listen to our partnership meeting every Sunday night? Because Sunday was the only day that we could find time with each other. And that's where Sunday start, service derived from is people would call in 1-800-FREE-CONFERENCE-CALL something or other. And we would have to, people would have to press pound six to get in the queue to ask us a question. But they essentially listened to Cody and I talk on a phone call. That literally, literally was 36 months ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so hilarious. Um, so then somebody was like, yo, dude, like we, we want to see you guys. We want to see your mannerisms and we want to see all that stuff and the way you act and behave. And so we went to Instagram live. And I was like, okay, Instagram Live is cool for about three months, but then we realized that doesn't, it's not staying anywhere. My like, gosh, if I could just figure out how, how to use YouTube, right? If I could just figure out how to use YouTube. And um, lucky enough, and ironically, I'm bringing this up because Ty, the Flipman Taylor, if anybody knows him, he's out of Birmingham, Alabama. Ty, I bump into at a meetup, a real estate meetup, and I go, dude, I love your YouTube channel. I watch it all the time. How are you doing this, that, and there? He goes, oh, it's StreamYard. Download this, do this, 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 and this. I was like, oh my gosh. My partner, Cody, and I, like knuckleheads, have been doing comp free conference call, IG Live, and all I needed to do was talk to one person to solve my problem. And so just remember this, guys. It's such a powerful lesson. Number one, get started. Make all the mistakes. Make all the mistakes. What's the worst thing that can happen? Are they going to take your birthday away from you? Right? Like what's the worst thing that can happen? Just get started. Make all the mistakes. Do instead of going to YouTube live, which they had at the time. And I was such a knucklehead create, go to free conference call hd.com and be a knucklehead. At least you started and you learned things along the way. You bumped your shins, you scraped your knees, you did all the things. And so that's where Sunday service came from is watching other people doing it and absorbing that influence. And so creative finance is the same way. Real estate in general is the same way. The, there's a direct correlation with the people I hang out with and spend my time with, with how much money and how much impact I make in my life. It is directly related. I go find higher level people that are, being, that are honoring their commitments as men or humans in general. I want to be PC as, as much as I can honoring their commitments and not just commitments to their fellow man, but commitments to themselves. Right. And I wanted to be around those types of people. And, you know, there's guys that we'll hang out with at these meetups and they'll start talking about things they're doing extracurricular activities that I don't vibe with. And I immediately figure out how to get out of that conversation and not participate. And it's the same thing. Like people come up to me and they want to talk about something other than work. I have a hard time doing that. I love doing what I do. Um, I am so passionate about it that I carry an energy with me that when you're around me, when you hear me speak, you can't help but have it resonate in your life. 
So I have to ask you guys this question before we go into the rest of the podcast. Who are the top five people? Now, if you're a sub two student, that's pretty obvious, right? My sub two students, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them that hang out with each other frequently. They become their, each other's best friends. But if you're listening to this in the future or you're listening to this right now and you're not one of my students, my question for you is who are your top five friends and how much money are they making? I can tell you that most of the part, right? Most of the thing um, that you have to break down is if you can't have a comfortable conversation with people about how much money they're making and what their goals are, chances are they're probably not friends that are going to stick with you a long time if that's the direction you want to go. Now, if you want to be somebody that makes a hundred to $200,000 a year and you have a really great paying job and you support your family and go on a vacation a year and retire, you know, maybe with a million dollars through investing slowly. Great. For me, that's not my path. My path, I want to be around people that do this full time. I want to have conversations about it. I want to improve myself. I want people to pick me apart, criticize me in the most positive way. And um, I choose to be around people that are talking about these things. Um, my mom's birthday was today. I went and visited my mom for a couple of hours. We had all my siblings around. They're all having babies. Literally, there's like eight little babies in my mom's house right now. And I'm watching these conversations and I'm like, man, not one of the conversations going on right here are conversations that get me excited. And I know that sounds silly. I know it does. I'm sure at some point when I'm 70 years old, I'll look back on myself saying, Pace, you should have really cared more about those types of things. Guys, I choose to spend my time with, you know, other people like their husband, you know, husbands, wives, their children. But when we're at parties, we're talking about how to improve each other's lives through real estate or through video or through content or collaboration or building businesses together. I just know every conversation I have some, somehow, some way absorbs on me like a tattoo. So um, think about that. People get tattoos because the people they're hanging out with are getting tattoos. People buy real estate and build businesses because the people they're around are buying real estate and building businesses. So are you developing true relationships and are you taking action with those relationships, going to dinner with each other, going on double dates, doing meetups, becoming leaders in your own local market and doing things that other people just simply don't want to do because they just don't have the vision. Um, yeah, here, this is Ingrid. I was actually, I was talking about you today, Ingrid. Um, she says, Pace, that's totally me. feels like I'm in a season of building and it's hard to talk about anything other than mindset, real estate, and businesses. I think once you catch the bug and you realize that, that you're like, um, I know how much money Ingrid makes in her day job. And I also know that her um, real estate business in the last year has made more, actually this year alone, um, or what, six, seven months into the year, she's already made more money this year than she will in her entire day job. That's powerful. And when you catch that vision and you do most of it, she's just linking in with other sub two students, right? And they're doing deals together. So super powerful. And, um, you know, I'm grateful. I want to be around Ingrid. Like I, Ingrid and I have had probably a handful of 45 minute to hour long conversations. And I love being around Ingrid because we talk about work, We're not talking about anything else, even relationships like, you know, the happiness of our marriages and how do we improve them and how much we love our spouses and those types of things and our kids and what are they up to? Those types of things are empowering conversations, right? So I don't, I'm again, I, you know, there's somebody in here that has a tattoo. They think I'm criticizing tattoos. I'm not, I, I think tattoos, I would get a tattoo legit. If I could get the perfect tattoo, I would do something very Arizonian. 
but I haven't figured it out. And so it's a big commitment to me, but I, where do I get that idea from? It's because I have a lot of friends that have tattoos and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I, the reason I'm using that story is because it's apparent. It's, it's very visible. It's tangible. I can see a tattoo. What you can't see are the things that are being tattooed in your brain, right? The conversations you guys are having with each other or people outside of this amazing environment that we've created inside of Sunday service, right? So again, proximity is super important and proximity is power is such a cliche, silly way of saying it. But when you think about it from a tattoo on your arm to a tattoo inside your brain, it's absolutely crazy. So um, we did get a, we have a, a student that did get a peace sign on her wrist. It was her first tattoo of her life at 40. She got uh, the sub two logo on her wrist. Very cool. Happy Sunday, everybody. 590 people in here with me on a Sunday afternoon. So grateful for you guys all to be in here. I love starting my week this way. Um, I just sent out, and I want to take a poll in here. We're at 600 people now. I want to take a little poll, and I can't do that inside of StreamYard, so please get ready to make some comments on the side, okay? Um, I am doing a challenge with my students and it is called the elephant challenge. And I'm curious to hear from my students um, whether my students feel as if I should make it available to the total public or if we should keep it sub two only. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm caught in the middle because as much as I want to provide value all the time, I also love the very, very private community that we have and the culture that we've created. Um, I've got a, I want to show you guys this cool little graphic here. So the, the elephant challenge, I, I look at real estate as kind of a, as an elephant, right? It's so big and so vast. There's so many different things you could do. Mobile home parks multifamily, apartment complexes, hospitals, strip, strip malls, um, Airbnb, VRBO. Should I do traveling nurses? Should I do section eight? Should I do fix and flip? Should I lend money? Should I be a transaction coordinator? Real estate is so vast, right? Joe Max says, I'm selfish. Keep it private. Um, so anyway, I am doing a challenge Monday through Friday, July 18th through the 29th for four hours every day where I really just want to teach people one or two skills that they can take out of that two hour or that four hours, um, Monday through Friday. And one of those skills could be, I, you walk out saying, I know how to comp a property. I know how to comp a property. You can throw a property at me and I can comp it. I can comp it. And there's a lot of people in here that can't even comp a property. There's people in here that don't know how to find a buyer. There's a lot of people in here that don't know how to find leads. And so the avatar um, challenge, or we're calling it the elephant challenge um, for the next two weeks, is my way of showing you guys that, okay? Um, so let's see here. Public. Zach Ramirez says, public, spread the knowledge. So many people have no knowledge of other avenues of real estate aside from traditional mortgage and agent. Well, we're not really going to teach creative finance, guys. Like the, the elephant challenge is not about creative finance. It's about teaching people how to work their specific avatar, find buyers, um, find Bradley Austin. He says, dang, almost 600. Well, guys, the thing you don't see is that we have this streaming on Cody's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, and a Facebook group. So we're at 650 people combined. So good to see you guys. See, Marlana Ross says, comps make me nervous. 
And that's why I want to check that box in people's mental mind. Like, how do we get rid of your guys's fear around comping properties? And I can do it in two weeks, but you have to be part of a challenge. And so I really want to ask my students. I don't want to, I don't want the opinion of non-students right now. I want the opinion of my students. Should we do private? See, this is great. So Justin another says, why be selfish though? Well, I, nothing I do is selfish, right? If I was selfish, I wouldn't be doing the challenge in the first place, right? Um, so that's one thing. Uh, <laughs> um, it, we're not, you know, we're not selling anything. It's just nice to get together and do homework together. That's really what it is. Uh, Mr. Bailey says this, the challenge currently we're committing to doing the challenge inside of my sub two zooms. My students get emails directly from me. We have a private Facebook group, um, that the creative finance Facebook group does not have access to any of that kind of stuff. Um, Edward says, says public helps make more friends. Okay. Um, super Mario says pace, open it up. Okay. Um, stacking skills right now is so key to winning. And this is part of it, right? Like if, if you understood, like if you're in my private community, we have the biggest, most amazing go-giver private community. And I'm going to challenge this. I, I believe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that I have created the only real community in real estate because it's one thing to say you have followers. It's another thing to say you have a community of people that help each other when you're not around, right? Um, the culture that we've created and how hard we've worked to really instill that, that is a community where I can, I'm no matter where I am in the country and I'm doing a meetup here and I'm doing a meetup here, there's 50 other meetups going on all over the country with our students, with our community. And so I look at this private community we've created would benefit from being able to do deals from the people outside of the community. But the problem with doing deals with people then this is why I'm contemplating bringing it to the full free creative finance Facebook group is that when people bring me a deal, they actually have no idea whether it's a deal or not. They're just sending me an address and they're like, is this a deal? So part of me is like, is there a way we could just teach these people for two weeks how to comp properties and find buyers and find leads and then work with our students on actually getting those deals done. I'm not teaching any creative finance. I'm not going to be teaching assignments. I'm not going to be teaching wholesale. I do that all the time. Like we, we have 20 live support zooms every week with our sub two students. I'm not doing that in this challenge. What I'm doing in this challenge is showing people three things for four hours a day. We're going to do actual tactical work. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to show PDFs and graphs and all those th types of things. We're actually going to get on the phone four hours every day, do the work, right? We're going to call listing agents. We're going to call buyers. We're going to call lenders. We're going to call people and actually do the work. So the challenge is two weeks, Monday through Friday, uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Arizona time. The only Arizona, the only time I will ever quote is Arizona time because we don't change. Everybody else changes, right? It's like, oh, well, daylight saving. We don't deal with daily, daylight savings here. So the reason why I've thought about making it available to everybody is because if I did, then what would happen is the non-students who, no offense to the non-students, but they are simply uneducated. They're relying entirely on YouTube. They don't have great um, resources and live content where people are answering their questions and showing them how to comp and go, that's, this is why that's not a good deal. Here's why. And 
encouraging them to go out and find another opportunity and then say, that's also not a good deal. And here's why. And then encouraging them to find a third one and go, wow, that's really close to a good deal. Go back and ask for a $10,000 price reduction. And that would be a good deal. And essentially encouraging our free community to understand how to actually go find stuff. So we have things to work on together. Okay. Um, Lynn says, share it once it's been rolled out internally, work out, work any kinks out. Eh, I, 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 I don't have kinks. Be able to identify how the elephant challenge translates to a non-sub-two student outcome, outcome publicly will inspire to equip people. Here's the problem, Lynn, and I do agree with this. I, you, here's the kink that I used to think. I used to think that if I did a live challenge and I released it later, people would actually watch it. People don't watch anything if, it, it's, if it's not live. 90% of what people learn has to be live. They have to feel the energy of a, an ongoing chat. They have to feel the energy of people having conversations and being part of something, right? If you're watching something from a video standpoint and you're taking notes and there's no community, there's no campfire effect, the chances of people actually watching it are like 2%, okay? Um, how about if you buy, have a deal and know a sub two student, bring them the deal and build relationship and learn from them? Yeah, you guys should be doing that anyway, right? You 100% should be doing that anyway. Um, yeah, so Witchley C says, nope, people will not watch the replay, but they just simply don't. And I, I wish I did. I wish I understood why people don't. Um, the last time I did a challenge, does anybody remember the last time I personally did a challenge, a live challenge? Um, when will you put out Gator Lending for those who have registered for Thrive 255? Um, sometime this next week when I get a chance. I've been traveling. I've been doing things. Um, uh, you know, I've been in air. I, I flew to Atlanta, drove to South Carolina. Um, when I'm at these meetups, people really don't um, let me talk. They don't let me eat. They don't, they don't, they don't look at, most people don't look at me as a human being. They look at me as like a cardboard cutout and they're like, you know, pace, 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 which I love. And I'm not complaining about, it's just, I don't have, to, I'm not sitting there going, Hey, let me send out the things that I talked about a couple of days ago. You know, I remember those things. I always send them out, but I get to it when I get to it. Right. I get to it when I can sit in front of a computer, not when I'm traveling around the country. And then the very next morning, we got up this morning at 4am. We were out the door on a plane. We had to drive back from South Carolina to Atlanta. I'm on a plane for four hours. I come home. The first thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to sit there and share goodies I gave away on the Thrive 255 thing. I'm going to hang out with my wife and kids for a couple of hours and go visit my mom. It's her birthday. Then I'm going to come to Sunday service and I'm going to hang out with you guys for a little bit. And then when I want to, I will give something to you for free when I have a chance. Okay. Um, so it's interesting. I think people are split down the middle. Right. Um, you know, Zen lightly fly 68. I wish I even knew who you were because I really want to understand what my students want. Right. Cause I'm doing this for my students. Um, I want to, to see what my students say. I don't know what your real name is. I wish I did. Um, by the way, who's going to be joining us for the thrive two five five challenge. Thrive255.com is the challenge that we're doing with Dean Graziosi and, um, Tony Robbins. I think we have 1,700 people signed up from it, from sub two, our, our sub two community. The concept of no time like the present is why people don't watch replays. It's called life. Yeah, there you go. That's a great, that's a great point. I wish I knew, I wish I knew why it was. I, I know why. I, I like watching things live as well. And so I totally get it. 
Tigger says she, she she joined the VIP on the thrive255.com challenge. Um, I looked this morning, we're at, we were at 1,700 people had signed up for the challenge. I'm super excited about that. Only place I would disagree, Pace, is for peeps that work during the day. I totally, I totally agree with that, 100%. I watch the Secret Agent Challenge every afternoon when I got in from work. I love that. That's great. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think there's a large part of the audience that will not be able to be there. Wow, a lot of people are coming to the challenge. Holy moly. Yes, I love it. Okay, well, I, here's what I'll do. Um, I am going to defer to bringing value primarily to my sub two students. And if, my, if I can get my sub two students to promise me something, because I'll end up having a thousand of the students inside the challenge with me Monday through Friday this week and then Monday through Friday the following week. But what I'll find is that they won't turn around and give that value to the free group. I, I built the free group myself for five months and I answered every question that came through and built that up by myself. And then I hired people and then I got students a year later that could help me. And now I see a lot of my students doing deals with people in that free Facebook group. So if I make the challenge, the elephant challenge only available to sub two students, which it sounds like that's the way we're leading. Um, I want, a commitment from my sub two students that will, okay, will turn around and pour into the, and I, the thing is, if I'm not going to make it available to the non sub two students, I'm not going to ever make it available to them. I'm just going to keep it to sub two. I'm not going to go and release that. Okay. There we go. There we go. Um, Adam says we are go givers as sub two students. Awesome. Love it. Stephanie Vargas says, I promise to be a go-giver to non-sub-2 students. Thank you for that. It does mean the world to me is that we're making an impact. We're doing something different than other people. Um, and I appreciate that. Okay, cool. Um, will Thrive 255 be a distraction to building my real estate business? Everything's a distraction of your real estate business. You taking a shower in the morning, you having a job, you having a wife and kids and all those types of things. Of course, you have to make a decision. I'm, I'm joining a Thrive 255 challenge. Myself, I'm going to go through it myself. I went through it three years ago. It's unfreaking believable, and they made it five times better this year. They said so. I'm I'm pumped and excited about it. Uh, Never lag says pace. You're awesome. What are the top three things you would focus on in the first three years of real estate in general? I know your top three three buckets of wholesaling, fix and flips, buy and hold. But what's the top three things to focus on? That's a great question. Okay, this this is everybody's number one problem right here. A lot of people's number one problem. Um, is this, is that they will sit here and um, not do anything. They'll spend all their time and energy afraid of this one little thing right here, right? They're, they're, they're so afraid to take action on this that they don't take action. And so they, they, they're like, okay, well, this is really scary. I'm not going to do it. And so then this is really what the result is. They, they get no result and a year goes by. And I, what's funny is I make this post on Instagram today. My brother DMs me and he goes, man, I love this image. I go, yeah, picture says a thousand words, right? And he says, yeah, a thousand times I procrastinated. And I think we can all, this resonates with everybody, right? Um, okay, cool. D Abby says, hey, Pace and Cody, how do you deal with both recorded and unrecorded liens that a seller doesn't disclose when you take over a property subject to? Well, great question. Um, your title company, 100% should be telling you about every lien. 
And if a lien is unrecorded, then it's not a lien. And once you become the owner of the property through a subject to transaction, then nobody can attach a lien to your property um, based on a prior agreement that they had with the prior owner. If they didn't attach the lien, it's too late. You're the owner. They can't attach a lien to a property that the previous agreement was um, the party The party to the previous agreement owned the property at that time. Now they don't own the property and they tra transferred and sold it. Why didn't, you, why didn't you put the lien against the property, right? Your title company goes through, verifies every little thing. I call them the cashier, right? They're, they're looking through your cart and they're making sure that all the things that you're buying are there. They're scanning everything in. They're verifying everything. They're getting it nice nicely bagged up for you. And what they do is they guarantee through a title policy that they did their job. They, ver they guarantee clear title. And so what happens is if a lien comes up three months later, six months later, after you buy a property subject to, guess what happens? You have a title policy that, that ensures against that. So the title company would have to go and fight that, not you. And we have had that happen on some cash deals. So great, really great question. Um, how do you move from agent mindset to investor? Don't ever become an agent. But if you are an agent, um, it says I call, I call people and end up the uh, lead as a listing. Still making money, but trying to find creative deals. Uh, James Tulsa, I would say that you're not asking the right questions. Um, you're hanging around too many agents. Again, right? A tattoo on the skin um, is really easy to see, but the tattoo on the mind is not. It just shows up in your daily activities. And actually, I got to come up with something. A, a skin of the tattoo shows up on your skin. The tattoo of the mind shows up in your behaviors. Something like that. I got to come up with something. I'm going to write that down. Um, but your behaviors are showing up because of the people you're hanging out with. And if you're hanging out with brokers and other real estate agents, that's the conversations you guys are having is how many listings I can get. Guy, bro, I would never ever get excited about ever getting a listing in my life. Like it's so crazy to me. I watch my wife who does real estate agent activities and I'm like, wow. You know, and she's figured out how to become what I call a unicorn agent, which she's very special. She understands how to find deals for investors like me. She knows how to do sub two and seller finance deals. And she's very, very intelligent. But when she was just an agent back in the day, bro, it's agony. Being an agent is like pure agony. I you got to stop hanging out with other agents. If you want to truly become a creative investor, you got to hang out with students of mine that are doing deals and, and go to dinner, go to, on double dates, go to the baseball game, become friends with people that are actually doing deals similar to the types of deals that you want to do. And you will naturally find yourself going, man, I don't know what changed, but I all of a sudden did three sub two deals this month. Right. Uh, but you're not asking the question. Okay. Um, Jasper Sun says, does that also apply to wholesaling as well? Absolutely. Your title company will verify everything. It's called a title report, Jasper. Your title company does that 100% of the time on every single transaction. They verify everything. They verify everything. It's um, a preliminary title report is what it's called. Okay. Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. What do you do if the seller failed to notify you that we're in contract with a realtor and subsequently signed a contract with you? Who loses here? Um, technically you lose. Um, you know, this is great. Should I let people come on here live for the next 30 minutes? Let's do that. I'll give you guys the ability to come on here live so we can actually have some conversations. I'm going to put the link in the side chat, streamyard.com, such and such and such link, whatever. Um, if you, if you click on that link, it's not for you to come and listen to the podcast in the backstage. 
it's because you have an intelligent question. Okay, please. Um, the link is right there. I can see it. So people are going to say, where's the link? Okay, click on the link, please. Um, all right. Does you and your wife discuss business and real estate pretty often as a topic of conversation? Uh, my wife listens to me a lot. I get home and I tell her, here's things I accomplished. Here's something I, I would advise to you men. Don't ever talk to your wife about your ideas. Some women are going to find this as an offense. Um, I'm a happily married man of 14 years, so I have some experience. I'm in a conventional marriage, so if you don't like that, and that's not your cup of tea, then great. Don't take my advice. Um, but I don't come to my wife and tell her my ideas. I tell her what I've accomplished. Hey, I just did this. Hey, I just did this. Hey, I just did this. Think about it from a caveman standpoint. Like my job is to go out the door, outside of the cave, and go kill some deer and bring it back. I don't come back to my wife and go, hey, I had a really good idea of potentially killing a deer. And I saw a deer today. I saw a deer, but uh, you know, I just didn't take the, I just didn't feel good about it. Dude, it just doesn't make you look good. So no, I don't have those types of conversations with my wife. I tell her, here you go. I brought, here's what I brought home, right? Here's what I've accomplished. No more conversation about ideas. F the ideas. Your spouse, my personal opinion, is not there for ideas. Your wife is there to see, what did you bring home? That's all I want to hear. Either we're talking about the kids, we're talking about vacation, things at home, us going on a date and laughing about movies and TV shows and having a dating type of, uh, of relationship, or you're telling me what you've accomplished. If you're a man and you come home and you ever, if you guys ever meet my wife, ask my wife, does, does your husband complain? If you are a man and you have, uh, you complain a single thing, just, just go take a shower and clean all that nastiness off you. Something wrong with you. Don't come home and ever complain to your wife. She works twice as hard as you. You're a piece of, you're a piece of um, doo-doo if you ever complain to your wife. Secondly, um, women don't love. This is, again, I'm talking about traditional relationships, right? Women don't love when you come home and you talk about your ideas and your, you know, all this cool stuff, and then three months later, nothing's happened from it, right? It's either you're about it and you do it, or you just talk about it and you're not about it. Okay. And women don't love that. They love stability. They love concrete evidence. They don't love the pie in the sky conversation. So stop having those conversations with your wife. As much as you are a woman, you go, no, I love hearing his. Okay. Okay. Well then you must be dating still. <laughs> you must still be having the dating honeymoon phase where you want to hear everything he has to say and his aspirations. Most women are like, dude, just show me what you're going to do. Right. I got 18 things going on juggling and I'm taking care of washing your dirty underwear and you're sitting here and complaining. And then you're telling me about your ideas that you don't ever follow through with. Just tell your wife about the things you've accomplished. Okay. Um, Natty Wine says, you're so right about this. And I'm the worst about bragging about my ideas. And I have a ton all the time. Yes. Yeah, stop that. Don't ever bring your ideas to your wife unless you've accomplished them. Okay. DT says, that's huge to me. Very valuable. James says, don't talk about it. Be about it. Sharita says, show me the money, honey. It's, a, it's your job. In a traditional relationship, I'm sure most of my followers, most of the people that are in this community probably resonate with a similar lifestyle as mine. Um, just bring accomplishments. Stop bringing problems. So anyway, uh, you know, let's get a woman on here. 
Um, Antranetta, can you turn your camera on just so I know that you actually have a camera? Because I don't want to bring you on the stage if you don't have a camera. Antranetta, you're behind the stage. I can see you, but you don't have your camera on. Dylan Faltis, what's up, bro? Hey, how's it going, Pace? How you doing? I'm good, man. What do you got for me today? So I have a question for you. I am. Uh, I have a property to close, or I have a contract to close on a property that is just south of Tampa, Florida, where I live. Uh, it doesn't need any repairs, new roof, new AC, new water heater, updated kitchens, bathrooms, granite countertops, the works. Uh, ARV is 570. I have it under contract for 488. My question is, in your opinion, what do you think is the best strategy to pursue for this particular situation? I ran my numbers using Laura's uh, fix and flip calculator and with a hard money loan, uh, I was coming out with around $20,000 profit and it would cost me about $130,000 of my own money to accomplish that. So just basically take it down and relist it. My question was, you know, in your opinion, what do you think would be the best way to pursue that opportunity? To be, to be honest, at my level, I would not do that deal. Okay. Just not enough profit in it for the number, the money that there's you would no, There's out. no profit. There's no profit. Because it would just take too much of your time? or. Uh, well, that's a great way of looking at it too. But the other thing is anytime you plan to make 20 grand, bro, 20 grand is my buffer on any deal. Mm -hmm. so if you're planning on and you're penciling it out and you've got your thing and you're like okay it's going to take three months okay it's going to take bro it's what if it happens if it takes four months what happens if it takes six months what happens if it doesn't appraise for what you think it is 20 grand is a buffer that's not profit okay that's a not buffer enough, not enough meat in the deal no to make no it. you're you're going to lose money on that deal oh wow oh well that's uh, definitely helpful to know. I mean, if you if you're a fix and flipper and you know this to be true about fix and flips, please make a comment in the side chat so I don't look like a salty sailor over here. Um, let Dylan know that this is how fix and flips go, right? Even if it's just a really quick, like I'm going to close on it and relist it, brother. I'm telling you, if you don't have fifteen to twenty five thousand dollars of a buffer on every single fix and flip, even if it's a hotel deal, which this is a hotel deal, you're losing money. Yeah. Damn, if so I showed you, if I went into my Slack channel here, let me show you my Slack channel. Okay. We have dozens of projects going on right now. Let's pull it up and I will show you, let's see what the last one is that we, that we did. Okay. You see all these projects I have going on right here. Mm -hmm. All these are individual projects. Okay. My team has videos. They, they run, you know, everything is ran by a team. We're highly organized. Mm -hmm. Okay. Highly experienced. Know what we're doing. We communicate like crazy. I've got an Heidi Silva's my asset manager. Molly's my operations manager, bro. I'm telling you, even with all of my organization and everything we do and all these projects that we have going on right here, if you don't have 15 to $20,000 as a buffer on every single house, you are losing money. Yeah. Well, well it's, uh, that's definitely really helpful to know. I was, you know, in the situation where I was looking at it, where, you know, contract price at 48, ARV 570, and I wouldn't have to do anything. But then when you start putting pen to paper and taking into account all of the expenses that are just involved 
in the transaction, especially at, at that price point, you know, at a 488,000, you realize really quickly that your, your profit gets eaten up by all the, you know, oh, yeah. uh, extra one thing goes and, wrong. One thing goes wrong and you lose money. One thing goes wrong. And I've never had a fix and flip where nothing went wrong. Never in 7,000 plus renovations I've done. I've never had something not go wrong. Yeah. I gotcha. So oh, this, this is an, this is an interesting question. So she says, hold up pace. Haven't you bought a deal, not for the profit, but for the equity cash flow and or depreciation? Yeah, I, absolutely. But you have to remember that this is not a deal he's going to hold. This is a fix and flip, which means he has to have a profit on an immediate term. This is not, uh, this is not a wholesale deal. This is not a deal he's keeping for any cash flow. He's, this is not going to be a property he owns more than one day. He's going to own it for a day and put it right on the market immediately. So Stephen Drake has the question that's in my mind, which is why don't you renegotiate and get 20 grand or $25,000 off the price? You probably could get it. Um, perhaps. So she was under contract with uh, Open Door at like 480. By the time mm -hmm. I had contacted her, she had already told me initially from the from the get-go that she was planning to get out of that contract. She didn't want to move forward with him. She felt like it was too low. And yeah. then so we came under contract at 488. And I was still looking at, you know, hey, I'm nearly a hundred grand under the ARV. She had sent me pictures and saw that it was you know, I saw that the house was, you know, completely renovated already. So that's what made me think, hey, that it would be safe to move forward at, you know, a twenty thousand dollar profit. But again, like you're saying, that's if everything goes right and it never goes right. It never goes right. I mean, you can look at Uncle Lonza in here. Um, Uncle Lonza has been one of my students, been with me for two and a half years. He's a good friend of mine, does a lot of fix and flips, makes a lot of money, helps a lot of people make a lot of money. Um, he does fix and flips. You can ask anybody in here. I'm seeing the same thing going up and down, up and down, up and down, and up and down. Tony says, why not do, why not try and wholesale it? Wholesale it to who? Yeah. There's no profit on the deal. Meet. It's funny, Somebody, so I reached out to uh, Lanza, Uncle Lanza. So yeah. I'm in sub two. I reached out to uh, yeah. Lanza. So uh, he, he was going to look at it as well. He may have some ways to be able to lower the cost. And then I'm going tomorrow to take some pictures of the property. So, um, you know, we're still looking at it. Uh, it was a really valuable resource to be able to reach out to him as well. I just figured since I have the opportunity and it's kind of something hot on my plate, I got the man right in front of me. Might as well reach out to you and, and get your input on it. My, my personal input is if I don't make 10% net off the sales price, I don't, I won't touch the deal. And your exit price is how much? 570. If I'm not making $57,000 on paper, I don't even touch the deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, bro, 10% is small. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. 10% is small. In fact, most of my fix and flip buddies are like, that's it. That's all you're going for is 10%. Jerry mm -hmm. Norton says he won't touch a deal unless he's at 15% net. So his, his number would be 570 times 15%. So you'd be probably close to 70 something thousand dollars. So he'd, he's like, he probably would buy the deal for 400 grand. Maybe mm -hmm. you might be for a guy like Jerry to buy that deal. You're 80 grand overpriced for a guy like me to buy that deal. You're 50 grand overpriced. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing the deal yourself and you're like, I want to make 20 grand just because I want to make 20 grand. Um, I'm going to tell you this might, if you're ballsy like me, I would suggest why not just do the deal, Dylan, and 
worst case scenario, you lose 5,000 bucks on the deal. Cause it's going to, there's going to be a $25,000 mistake or this or that, but you're going to learn a ton of stuff. And the only way you're going to learn is to be actively working on a real estate transaction. So if it was me and I'm new and I've got the money and I've got the balls, I would just go, you know what? If I lose five grand, I lose five grand. But at least I know that the stove is hot. Cause I can tell people a thousand times, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. But they're like, but it's so shiny and it's red. And so you sometimes, unfortunately, you have to touch the stove yourself just for you go, damn, he was right. He, he wasn't lying to me, you know? Yeah, well, I definitely don't think you're lying. And I mean, I've taken down other properties. I've done two other uh, fixing clips before. And so um, I definitely know that there's certainly the capacity to lose some serious money in there did you did you did you have everything work perfectly on those fix and flips not at all nowhere near it okay. <laughs> so we this yeah. sounds like we're chasing a deal that is going to lose us money aren't we um i think it's very likely yeah uh, I, I mean solidify the conversation with lonza um if you want we uh, my wife is going to be in the elephant challenge tomorrow for a lot of people that showed up late shame 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 i know your name um my wife is going to be doing um, the elephant challenge with us tomorrow. We're calling it the elephant challenge because why not? Um, I think it's funny and it's, just, it, we're, we made a determination as a community. We're only going to do this as sub two students only challenge. So tomorrow, um, 10 AM to 2 PM Arizona time for the next two weeks, we are going to be comping deals, looking at deals, all that kind of stuff with people. So have my wife comp this tomorrow, Dylan, have my wife look at it and go, let's walk all the way through this. And as a real estate agent, see if she would list this property for you. Um, here's what I always ask an agent that sends me a deal. I always say, hey, if I do this deal and you know, you're bringing me a deal and you want to list the property on the back end as well, you want to make your assignment fee up front and you want to list the property on the back end. How about I say that if I don't make any money, neither do you, would you mm -hmm. still send me that deal? And you, you know what happens is like 10% of the agents never want to talk to you ever again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and if you're not willing to do that, then why am I paying you? So it's a good way to weed people out. My wife obviously brings me deals because she is part of my business. And so she's like, I'm never going to send you a deal that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, so um, what I would do is I would come in tomorrow and have my wife comp this deal for you tomorrow and, and, and work through it. Okay. All right. Sub two, well, sub hey, two students only, unfortunately guys, but um, we'll see you tomorrow, Dylan. I'll see you there. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful night. Thank you, brother. Jasper son, I'm only giving you like three minutes because usually okay. I give you, I usually give you like 40 minutes. Yes, you do. You've been really generous. So I'll make it quick. So I've been talking to this seller. He's 75 years old. And I was bringing up seller financing and well, he calls it contract for deed because he's an old timer. And well, so contract, contract for deed is your, is this a, a, a town that is a small town? No, it's in, it's Tulsa. I think it's the population is around 400 K to my Bro. understanding. So it's, it's, you I just said Tulsa, Oklahoma is not a small, come on, get out of here. Yeah. So kind of the Midwest area, a lot of people, a lot of older generation. Yes. But also the newer generation, the title companies, the escrow officers, closing attorneys, they still call it contract for deed, even seller finance. But here's the thing. Contract for deed Jasper is not seller financing. Okay. 
it is a form of seller finance, but you, if he, if, is this a deal you're going to sign probably because you're young and you got to just make assignment fees right now? Yes. I was thinking. Okay, of, so um, you have to understand yeah. that in a contract for deed, your buyer does not actually become the owner of record. Oh, okay. Okay. The seller finance means you the do. deed actually goes into the buyer's name. Contract for deed means that the owner will hold the deed until the buyer pays the note off. Got it. So um, my quick question was, um, how can you tell if the lead just doesn't want to do a kind of situation, like a sell creative finance solution situation? Calling him calling just- him out, out on it and stop being so passive. Okay. That's legit the thing. I just know how to talk to people. That's it. I know how to talk to people. How do I do it? I know how to talk to people. How do you, Jasper, how did you get your girlfriend to go on a date with you? Uh, I just asked her out. There you go. It's the same thing with this. You ask the sellers point blank, call them out on it, and you just say, it doesn't seem like this is going anywhere. Or, hey, I might be mistaken, but it doesn't seem like, you know, I'm, I'm really giving you what you need. Is there something mm-hmm. you need that I'm not giving you? And the other thing, Jasper, I, w- I want you to write this down, okay? I want you to write this down. It's one of the most important things you'll ever learn in life. It's also, do you know why I have these, this poster behind me of Outcast? You're too young to even know who Outcast is. I have no idea who that is. It's freaking crazy. I was, I was <laughs> driving to, um, actually I was driving to Randy Solomon. I see you in the backstage, brother. Good to see you. I was driving to Randy Solomon's event in South Carolina and, and Tony, one of the speakers was driving with me and I was listening to Outcast. I was listening to the Beatles. I was listening to um, Tupac and he's never heard of any of those people. And like, who are you, dude? Like, how is this even freaking possible? Anyway, um, Outcast, the reason I have Outcast on my wall is because Outcast has two songs that I love. And I I mean, they have a hundred songs I love, but there's two songs that really stick out to me as a salesperson is the art of storytelling number one and the art of storytelling number two. Everything you do when you're on the phone with a seller, everything you do is about telling a story. Okay. What you're doing right now is telling. What I do is telling a story. You're just talking at the seller. Everything with me is a story. Okay. So here's a great, here's a great example of this. Hey seller, I really want to buy this house, but it doesn't seem like this is really going anywhere. What do I have to do to make this happen? That's a great way of saying it. Okay. That's telling him. That's telling him. There's no story there. Right. It's better than nothing. Right. Versus what's the seller's name? It's probably Bob, Tom, Joseph. Mm -hmm. It's a young man's name. Okay. So I would say, Hey, Joseph, I have two other opportunities that just popped up on my desk. I've got, couple of sellers that are ready to move forward. And if I buy these deals, it's going to take up all my available cash for the next 30 days. I'd like to work out a deal with you because we were talking first. But if you're not ready to move forward, let me know so I can allocate that money somewhere else. I don't want to let these two other gentlemen go. Now, what do we call that? We call that a third party story. The problem is you're so young that you don't you haven't learned that third party stories are critical to survival in business. 
those two other sellers might not even exist. And unfortunately, I'm just giving you advice that you might not want to hear. Depends on your personality, but you kind of have to play the game. Okay. You're over there playing checkers by telling them things. I'm over here playing chess by telling them stories. Okay. You're not telling them third party stories. Okay. I have, I have a story for every conversation. My students get to hear all of these stories. This is why my students are the best closers in the game is because they're, they're becoming amazing and masterful at telling stories. You haven't told a third party story, a third party story about another deal you're working on that you need to work on. will fish out what's really going on. So you say, look, I've got these two other people. So now in his mind, guess what he's doing? He's, he is crafting a stage. He even, he's even depicted what these two people look like. He's put shirts on them, pants on them, shoes on them. They're going to, you know, probably be 75 years old, just like him, because those are the characters in his mind, but he's creating a stage based on your words. When you talk to people, Jasper, you're not setting a stage. Nobody can create their mind's eye and they can see a movie. I'm so good at telling stories with sellers that they're like watching a movie unfold. And they invest in the movie. They invest in the character development. They invest in the plot. They invest in all of these things. And now I bring them into my world and I can fish out what's really going on and what's not. I can strip away all the barriers, right? So with you, it's like, Pace, how do I talk to these people? Tell them a story. It sounds basic. And I could give you a 10-hour masterclass on just telling stories. And this is why my students join my program. One of the thousand reasons why they join my program is because I actually still talk to sellers every week. I close sellers every week. I tell third party stories 15 times a day, right? So when was the last time you used a third party story on this guy? Zero times, 100, I would, I would bet my left pinky. Yeah, it's zero times. Zero times. I tried it with another seller though um, that Tevin recommended me with Levitt. Tevin's a great, ma he's a masterful storyteller, right? So, um, Lewis says, Pace, I'll, I'll go ahead to head with any at sub two, see if they're better than me. No, no one but me. Lewis, I'm sorry, brother. It's already determined. It was set in stone. In fact, I think when Moses came off um, Mount Sinai in the 10 commandments, the 10th commandment was nobody's better than sub two. So it's been set in stone. There's not much you can do about it. You can pray all you want, but it was already set in stone. I'm sorry, but I did like I do like the time that you the time you spent putting it on the on on the comments. That was good. Okay, um, and that was see that little story. Did I get you to envision Moses walking down the mountain carrying the tablets and etching off the tenth commandment? All of that kind of yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, I did third see part. It. Just telling a story, brother. Painting a picture, setting a stage for everybody else to imagine what you're talking about, right? Instead of me saying, sub two is the process of taking over somebody's mortgage, blah, 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 blah. What I do is I go, hey, have you ever been to the grocery store and pay, pay, paid with a credit card? Oh, that was amazing. Dude, you see, so what I'm, you, see what, you see why there's nobody on planet Earth better at closing a deal than me? Yeah. It's, my student, my just... students are going to take me over at one point. Some of my students are going to take me over at one point. I know it's going to happen. But I'm just it telling is... you, it's stories, 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 stories. Here's what I would do, Jasper. I would, um, whoever is free YouTube content you're consuming right now, I would probably stop watching it because uh, my, my stuff is pretty good. But it, my, my YouTube stuff is entertainment. It's not really great education. 
But what I would do is I would go and um, I would read a great book. Everybody ready for this? I'm going to tell you a name of a book because if I don't tell you, I'm going to tell you a name of a book. What happens is people go, wait, what? What book did he say? Huh? Hmm? Huh? And then we spend three minutes telling the story about what book it was. So are you ready for the book? Mm -hmm. Donald Miller story brand. Learn how to tell stories. Okay. That's a great book on learning how to tell stories. Okay. Is there a Zoom link to this Sunday service? Um, no, I gave the link out to the people who showed up on time. Um, so Jasper, the problem you're having right now is your, your lack of ability to tell stories. And I would focus and harness my time. In fact, I would listen to my, this is why people listen to my seller calls is that like some of the best closers in sub two, you know what they did? They listened to my seller calls, listened and listened and listened and listened. And they still listen because I release new ones frequently, right? And um, what they're doing is they're taking my stories out and then they're adopting them to their own life, right? And so you just need to become good at telling a story. Got it. So Joseph, hey, Joseph, it's Jasper. Is your name Jasper? Is your mm -hmm. first name? Jasper, yeah. Okay. Um, so I would say, and son is your last name. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, I just, you just never know, you know, people in their YouTube names, you know, you just never know. People still yeah. don't think my real name is Pace, but it is. Anyway, so I would, I would call Joseph and I would say, and this is why I, I'm challenged all the time with having Sunday service on Sundays because I love calling sellers. I'm obsessed with doing it. I'm going to call sellers all this week during the elephant challenge that we're doing. And you're going to miss out on that stuff. I'm not going to release it to anybody, unfortunately. My students took the vote. They want to keep it private. So we're going to keep it I private. I still haven't done that first deal with Tevin, so I couldn't join yet. That's okay. You, you'll get it done, I'm sure. It's just in the process of closing. It's just taking so long. <sighs> it's okay. It, every, this is why you stack your pipeline, bro. Right? You just keep stacking I, the pipeline. Yeah. I sent so many leads to Tevin already, so I'm just waiting for those to close as well. Um, here we go. So like Sam Singh says, that's all I did to learn how to close studied how pace crafts his narratives and connects the dots. Jab, jabs Carter, same thing says, I just locked up a seller in Virginia, $15,000, $800,000. Last time I talked to jabs Carter, he said, bro, I literally just listen to your stuff on repeat. Like as I'm working, as I'm driving, as I'm doing whatever. Right. Um, so anyway, same right here. Dorian is so right. Dave Chappelle's greatness comes from his ability to tell stories and interweave them into multiple jokes for them to pop up later. So anyway, your inability to tell stories is what's keeping you from making a lot of money. Got it. Every new level has a new devil. And when you first started, your devil that you were dealing with was your inability to generate leads. Now you know how to generate leads and you know how to get on the phone and be consistent. You're doing a great job. But then now the new devil you're conquering or you're interfacing with is unfortunately yourself and your inability to tell stories. And you have to get better at that by practicing and listening to other people. And when you listen to motivational stuff in the morning, dude, don't listen to anybody that doesn't, doesn't know how to tell a story. Les Brown, phenomenal storyteller. If you're If you guys are looking through um, you know, things to inspire you, go listen to Les Brown on YouTube. Great storyteller. Okay. 
And by the way, you know, Tanisha brings up, that's why comedians and songwriters are masters is they're, they're true storytellers. Here's the thing about comedians that people don't really recognize. How many times do you think Dave Chappelle says the same story before he goes and does a Netflix special? Do you think he just comes up with it, writes it, and then does it that night? Or do you think he had to practice it for literally six months and like little teeny comedian, like he even practices it on his family, his friends, close tight groups. And then he goes to a small, like com a comedy seller type of thing with a hundred people in it, practices it for three weeks. And then he puts it into his act, right? He re he sees. So it's like, are you a master of your craft or are you not? I'm a master of my craft. I'll tell the same story 85 times. And as I'm telling the story, I'll go, oh, I've perfected this one. I now know when to pause more. I know when to make an emphasis. I know, you know, those types of things, bro, you're, you, that's the new devil you're interfacing right now is your inability. To, it's crazy that the devil that you continually run into 90% of the time at every um, level, the devil is always you. It's crazy. It's your, it's personal development. It's you becoming a better storyteller. It's you better having better empathy. It's you better being, being a better uh, solution provider. It's you being a better networker. It's you, you know, it's all of these things. And it's always you, not always, I'd say 90% of the time it's you, which maybe it's a hundred, but yeah. Okay. Never mind. The devil you run into and you encounter is just a bigger version of you. <laughs> it's, a, it's like you're pulling away an onion a hundred times and it's just always an onion, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing a great job and this is good news. This is good news. Right. So like, again, going back to this, you know, like I screenshotted that today. Right. So is this you Jasper? No, it's absolutely not you. Right. That's absolutely not you. Right. Um, Maj did not see my Instagram story. So he's like, he's really like squinting his eyes to see this. Um, so Maj, here, here's the, Here's the image I had it up. Dang it. The image is basically people are fearful of. Well, anyway, it went away, unfortunately. So, Jasper, I've given you your answer. Yep, you did. Thank you. Go tell a third party story and say, I have two other deals I'm looking at. And if I utilize my cash I currently have available to do those two deals, I won't be able to do your deal with you for the next 30 to 45 days. So should I pursue a deal with you in the next few days and push them off 30, 40 days? Or should I follow up with you for 30, in 30, 45 days when I can accumulate a little bit more cash? Isn't that a great filtering question? Yeah. You should be the second you, I take you off the screen. In fact, you should be writing this down right now is what yeah, I just did I right there. It's a filtering mm -hmm. mechanism, right? Filtering mechanism. Should I do the deal with these other people or should I do the deal with you? Your question was, and a lot of people, why is Pace keeping this guy on here? Because this is one of the most important devils you have to take down, guys, is your inability to tell a story. Okay. Um, Jasper, it's good to see you. Thank you. Randy Solomon, what's up, dog? What's up, man? How was the, how'd the event go? Do you, you guys happy about everything? Beyond, man, you made such a big impact on our community and just all the people in South Carolina that took the time to come out and see you, bro. Like, and just your, your availability and access. Like, I think you, you turned a lot of, a lot of people's minds on to what's possible. You know, you're, you guys are just rock stars for that. So 
anybody that was listening, man, like this guy's incredible in person. Take any chance you can, invest the time, the money, the gas to come see him, man. He's just real life, just a real guy. It's amazing. We dude, we loved hanging out with you. South Carolina is amazing. Greenville's amazing. What you guys are doing is epic. And I'm so proud to watch you guys, you know, in your new partnership. I think you got you and uh, your partner have been together for about nine months there in Greenville and look what you're accomplishing together. It's, it's something to be super proud of. Yeah, man. I appreciate it, dude. It's a, it's a process, but you got to collaborate, grow together. And if all these people in this chat and everybody else just try to, you know, compound and leverage each other, you can do whatever, man. Um, I know we got tons of people that want to hop on here. I just want to take a second to ask. Um, we're doing a ton of texting in different markets right now, mm -hmm. um, getting some creative deals, but, what would be some tips you would give people in terms of um, text campaigns and how to break through, you know, unknowns and maybe some questions to include in a script to work some more creative uh, deals. Okay. So when you are going through, and I can do this next week where we actually show you our text campaign. Um, yeah. We never go after a seller for creative finance deals, right? Because understanding creative finance is actually the arrow that we have in our quiver right? Mm -hmm. That other people yep. don't have. So what happens is through a cash conversation, mm -hmm. we can lay out the, the framework. We can understand the seller. We, we can get to know the seller, build the rapport, all that kind of stuff. And then also get to a point where I go, well, why haven't you sold the house yet? You know, what yep. are these other investors offering you? What, why have, if you haven't, if you're talking to 10 other people, but by the way, Randy, that's something super important for us is that we pull out the black swan, we call it. We pull out that black swan as quickly as possible. And the black swan is what we call the unknown enemy, right? The unknown enemy is 10 other wholesalers, five other realtors, um, you know, somebody knocking on the door, uh, their mom, their brother, their cousin, whoever it is, their attorney, right? Mm -hmm. So in our first couple of conversations, our first conversation that we get on the phone with them is like, well, if, hey, if you're interested in selling the house, why haven't you sold it yet? Because I imagine other people are calling you and texting you. We always ask that. And when we go at them with a cash transaction, they go, well, because I haven't gotten the number I want. Perfect. Well, what's that yeah. magic number? Right. We start accumulating this data. And then the question we give or the question we deviate is never through text. Yeah. It's a call. We call never, we never ask the question through text about creative finance. We build the rapport first and then we deviate and we go, if somebody was able to give you that number, would you be willing to give them terms? Yep. And that's, that's the conversation. And nobody on my team handles that until and we pass it on to somebody else. We go, well, we do have a department that could give you that number if you are willing to give us terms. Do you mind if I pass them to you and they set up a call to, to have a conversation with you? Yeah, bro. Like that, that right there, that transition, like, that was a huge nugget. <laughs> to just Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That's how we, that's why we get so many creative deals. Yeah. That, that was really like, that was going to be my second question, but text is so effective because of the volume, how quick you can right. stack them up. But that's what we're like, man, we're sending 20,000 texts a month. We're getting deals, but it's like, we could be more effective if we knew like what stage in that script is the best handoff. So that's what we're trying to fine tune. Well, right if, you, if you want, I'll, I'll give you guys our next week. Maybe we'll do Sunday service all about, about texting scripts for these types of situations. And also... We do send a very specific text message to foreclosure situations. Hi, hi, naked. Um, <laughs> there, everybody else. Um, say, say hi, everybody. <laughs> so, um, so the um, 
So the um, with foreclosures, we send a very specific text message to them, and it's yeah. about them staying in the property. Everybody else is the same text message, and then we just quickly try and get on the phone, and then we can we gauge interest. We have conversations about cash, and then we convert it over to creative finance with that one question of like, if we could give you that number, or if someone was willing to give you that number, would you give that person um, terms? Yep. Yeah, that's great, man. And foreclosures think- are so big right now. Yes. Right? Huge. That maybe we do next week as a big um, text conversation with people. And I have Cody come in and show you guys our text scripts. Yeah, that would be dope, man. Like, everybody that's trying to scale, I would say to what you were saying earlier about that double, is we've we've scaled, like, o- overnight. Like, we did so much JV, so much working. We started getting, like, we got eight flips right now. And then we're immediately reinvesting that into, you know, commercial, into the business. Then once we start, we're doing, you know, eight, 10 deals by ourselves. Then it's like, oh man, now we got VA. It's like, okay, there's a whole nother, whole nother ball game in terms of. Yeah, it's a, dude, it's like, it's peeling back another layer of the onion and, and seeing yep. new stuff. So you know? I love that. And I, you it's never, true. you never figure it all out. There's always just another level. Mm-hmm. Dude, I appreciate the man. I, and I appreciate you, Tom. I'd love to, you know, tune in next week for all you guys listening. This guy's dropping huge knowledge. Like, thank you so much for taking that time. Of course. Of course. Bro, we'd love to. And then and everybody should thank Randy for um giving the topic. Rand- yeah, Randy's who I spoke at his event in in South Carolina. Thank you for sharing him with us. <laughs> He's pretty awesome. So yeah, I'll I'll bring I'll I'll do that. People give Randy some love for bringing that up. Thank you, Randy. Good to see you, brother. Of course. Thank you. Have a great night. Maz, you ready, dog? I'm ready, Pace. Good to see you, man. So what was your question? Was it about your marriage conversations? <laughs> that's that's not yet. Not yet. Uh, okay. That's definitely that's pending. Still trying to figure out how to pop the, the question. I don't know if I should be saying this live. <laughs> Hopefully she don't oh, watch yeah, it. Oh, yeah. She ain't watching. She's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, she is sleeping. She's in Puerto Rico right now. So. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, so what do you got so- for me tonight? Yeah, so right now I'm in this situation where I'm trying to acquire property, and I've been trying to do it since October. And I tried the traditional route with doing FHA, but my debt-to-income ratio is just like 4% away or 4 points or however you put it away from where it should be. So that's how I actually stumbled across this um, community. And, you know, I went really deep into it, but I'm kind of like really like I'll take in information that I'll take action on it. And then I find out that I come across a situation like an obstacle and I'm like, okay, maybe try this. So I kind of reverted back to traditional. So I also have like Gator funds as well. I'm like, maybe I can use this to pay off like some of these debts that I have yeah. to help me qualify for a home. So my main goal is just really to get an asset, whether it be creative finance or a traditional route. And, and it has to be in Colorado. It doesn't have to be Colorado. I'm like, I'm, I'm open to whatever. So. Maj, how is that impossible? I could buy a deal inside of the sub two community every day. Yeah. That's why are you, are you just hell bent on just finding the deal yourself or you just don't want to buy a deal no. from another student? No, I posted in the creative group and I uh, posted in sub two. So I just think it's just a matter of uh, just keeping that repetition going and trying to get a deal. So um I'm I'm open to wherever though, so I'm I'm just trying to get a deal and um, make sure the numbers work for short term. Okay, so Maj, you're gonna are you working? You or do you have time to? Are you coming into the elephant challenge? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Then you're going to learn. We'll teach you how to get a deal. Okay. We'll teach you how to get a, 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 a creative finance deal in that two, in those two weeks. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm setting some time aside, so I'll be up in there. Good. We'll see you on there, brother. See you on there, Pace. Angel says, can you sub to an FHA loan? Yes, you can. Self-perform. That's something we teach our students how to do. Unfortunately, it's not something I teach on YouTube or the Creative Finance Facebook group, unfortunately. Um, Josh DeJesus says, I have a deal in um, uh, St. Pete. I'd buy, I'll buy a deal in St. Pete. Creative deal. Um, let's see. Justin says, I have a three bed, one bath in Detroit for zero down. If you have a deal in Detroit where you give me a hundred grand, I would do the deal. No offense to, okay. Yes. Offense to D Detroit. I ain't doing no D Detroit deals. I don't think anybody should be doing, trying to do Detroit deals. Tanisha. Hi. I'd probably help if I unmute myself. Hi. How are you doing? I'm Corbin fantastic. got really excited to see Tanisha. Say hi, Tanisha. Hi, Corbin. Hi, Laura. <laughs> That's my buddy. Um, guys, look at this girl right here, Tanisha. What a special human being. Tanisha, where are you trying to buy deals right now, by the way? Um, my main areas are um, anywhere from Fredericksburg, Virginia, to um, the Hampton Roads area, specifically for my corporate housing company. But honestly, if it's creative, as long as it's not in a super rural area, I'll take just about anything because um, I'm doing Guys, if, if somebody wants to send a deal to me and wants to do a deal with me, send it to Tanisha first and Tanisha will screen it for me and, and we'll do we'll do the deal together. Tanisha's amazing. No, oh, I love you guys. You're awesome. I love Corbin. Tanisha, you're, you're working this week, right? You're going to be at your nine to five this week. I will, but I'll still be on, you know, I, I multitask pretty well. So. Okay, cool. Well I'll then we'll the see, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be there. Amazing. Be there. Send Tanisha, Tanisha, how can people get a hold of you? You have an email? I do have an email. Yes. You want to put is, it in the side chat for everybody? I'll put it up on the yes, screen. I sure will. I'll pop it in there and I'll put my, um, my IG as well. Cool. I really wanted to pop um, on. Check it out. Check it out. Jabs Car Carter says, Tanisha, I have a deal in Virginia right now. Let's go. It's under contract Jabs. now. Jabs, you got my phone number. Yeah. What the heck, Jabs? Come on, dog. If you guys do this yeah. deal together, we'll have we'll have it as the topic next week on Sunday service. I love it. Awesome. I'm doing another one with like three other sub two students as well. My gosh. Why are yeah. you so freaking amazing? Um... You know why? It's because you helped me realize my potential that I didn't see until you really started pulling it out of me, to be honest. So I greatly <laughs> appreciate you because um, if it was up to me, I'd still be hiding probably. And, you know, we're not going to let that happen. You've made it possible for me to be the person I was always meant to be. So thank you. You're welcome. We love you. We appreciate you. Love you back. We'll see you All this right, week. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, thank you. Um, guys, I've got the, I've got my wife. Um, I haven't seen my wife in basically 36 hours. So I think it's time to make another baby. So I'll see you guys on wholesale hotline tomorrow, by the way. Um, thrive two five, five.com. Who's going, who's signing up for that? I think we've got 17, 1800 people already signed up for thrive two five, five with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi.
Wesley says pace strong. What the heck? Sharita says we have de deals in Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Sharita, do you have contracts or you have leads? Wow, look at all these people saying they're in. Guys, do me a favor, please. Um, I'm I'm going to ask something very selfish on my part. I'm trying to promote this as much as possible, and there's a reason for it. I want to get as close as I possibly can to Tony Robbins. I think that this is a possible way for me to get Dean to come in here. I actually want Dean to speak at my mastermind coming up, and I want Tony Robbins to um, come on and do a podcast with us. And I'm trying to get I'm trying to get in their good graces by having people show up to their free challenge. So help me out. Register for it. Thrive255.com. It's the comments section right there. Let me answer. Let me ask one more question. Answer one more question. JD Phillips, what up, dog? I just saw you yesterday. What's going on, man? How you doing, man? That was cool to see on, you man? and your partners. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Randy threw on fantastic event over there in Greenville, man. Yeah, it was very cool. Time. What do you got for me tonight? So that lead that we were kind of talking about, um, I guess I'll just kind of go over it again real quick. Um, I got This is a, a lead, lead, right? Not a deal. Yeah, yeah. She's not on a contract yet. Um, I think I can get her this week, though. Okay, um, this is the seller finance deal. It's a sub two. I think it'll be both. It'll be like a hybrid kind of thing. Okay. Because um, she's got a lot of equity um, in her house. It all depends on their homework that I gave them was uh, to come up with what they need in their pocket when this is all said and done um, and to get the the paperwork for the mortgage. And they also have like an HVAC lien or something like that. Um, Love it. So she's, she's going to get me that paperwork. Are you, if you um, get this deal under contract, are you signing this or are you going to try and keep it? Uh, I want to sign it. Sell it to me. Okay. Is it in Greenville? In Charleston. Oh, yes, I want it. Okay. Yeah, what do we, we got to do? do? How, do how can I call her? Let me let me help you out with the deal. I'll call her. Can I can I call okay. her tomorrow? Absolutely. Yeah. Seven, it's so what's, the, what's the problem? What's your time, issue though? with it? So with her, it's um, the main thing as of right now is I think there's like a little bit of a trust issue. Um, and no, I think bro, okay. Then, then that's the end of the conversation. I can well, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. She only thing that she wants is a uh what you call proof of funds credibility no, not proof of funds. she wants she wants to hear someone else that's gone through this situation oh bro i got all that that's yeah easy. I know. I know. okay I'll, i have sellers that'll talk to that that lady right now okay that's all she wants and i think hey, here, here, hey so here's what i want you to do okay um j somebody one of the sub two students reach out to jd and give him the link for tomorrow I want you to come into the elephant challenge tomorrow and I'll call the seller and we'll lock up the deal together. Okay. Done. I'll have, I'll literally call one of my sellers and have her talk to my seller right there, walk through it and we'll get her okay. all tied up in a pretty bow. Sounds good to me. What time? Do I need to uh, 10, 10 AM to 2 PM. Any, anytime during, Oh, let's see. 11 AM Arizona time, 2 PM Arizona time would be your East coast. Yeah, Charleston's. I don't, East I don't know. Coast. It throws me off with that. Arizona so two p. Your two. It's two p.m. Your time. Two p.m. Your time to five p.m. My time. Anytime during that window, two to five p.m. Come into okay, the Zoom. Two to five p.m. One of my students needs to give you the link. Okay. Jeremiah says he got he's got you. So just put your information in the side chat. 
Oh, Tanisha's already on it. She said she sent, this is why Tanisha's the freaking, she's the heart of my mentorship. She's just on, she, I don't deserve Tanisha. That's all I can tell you. I don't deserve her. She's just constant, constant. Okay. Paulina says, um, Pace, make another, by the way, Paulina, I love, she's so great on, Paulina, you're great on Instagram DMs, but you're not posting a lot. I'm curious why you're not posting a lot. Um, Keith says, call it for your night. Your wife and kids are waiting. We love you for a pay. Are you, did you come down here to, my wife just wants to come down here and see my wife. I don't have a wife like that. My wife doesn't come down and pester me. My wife is down here to support me, which is great. Um, so JD, that's what we're going to do. Two to five, two o'clock to 5 PM tomorrow. Call her up and say, Hey, my partner would love to chat with you. And uh, we'll get you on the phone with one of the sellers. Um, just a quick con conversation with one of my partners. And he'll ask, like, what are your main concerns? And he'll get a seller specific to those concerns to get on the phone with you. Okay, that sounds good. Where, where do I need to go for that link? Tanisha sent you a Facebook message. Oh, okay, perfect. And she's going to get you the Facebook link. And I would set up the call between 2 p.m. your time and 5 p.m. your time and just okay. give her a window. Say, hey, we're going to call you sometime between 2 and 5 p.m. tomorrow. Okay. Tanisha says, check your Facebook messages. Sweet. Okay. I'm excited. Um, me too, bro. Cause I'm going to be buying that deal in Charleston. <laughs>